Thank you, Father Lord, for the privilege to be gathered together to receive your word. And Lord, we trust that you will speak to us today. We give you the glory and the praise. We say be thy exalted in Jesus' mighty name. Now, we'll be starting a series this morning, Understanding the New Man in Christ. Understanding the New Man. Understanding the New Man in Christ. Too many of us as believers, we don't really have an understanding of who we are in Christ. We don't know. And that's why the lifestyle of most believers is up and down. It's not stable. They are victorious today. They are defeated the next day. You always hear mountain and valley. But listen to me. What God wants you to do is to live a victorious life. And for you to live a victorious life, you have to have an understanding of this. And if there's one thing I will be concentrating a lot throughout this year is having an understanding of what has been done for us in Christ. Our victory in Christ. About our re redemptions and all those things. We'll be looking at all of those. But this morning we are talking about understanding the new man in Christ. So that when you see yourself, you know who you are. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's be from verse 16. Because you see, it's the word that tells you really who you are. And except you get into the word, you can't know who you are. I know I said we should open to 2 Corinthians. Is that not so? Flip to John chapter 1. Let's just read the scripture in John. John chapter 1. I'll read from verse 19. John chapter 1. They asked a question there. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou, Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What says thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the word of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Now, he looked for what the word says about him. And this morning, we want to look at what the word says about us. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Notice. Yea, though we have known Christ... After the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know he no more. That means all our knowledge of him, all before, have been that he was the son of a carpenter. A carpenter. One from Galilee. Ah, they said, do you know Jesus? Oh, yes. Ah, ah, JJ, JJ Furniture. I know him now. I know him. Jesus Joseph Furniture, JJ. Ah, this shop shop was by this place. He was the one that made my stool. He was the one that did this. And the scripture says, we know him no more. He said, we have known him after the flesh. And the problem is this. For many of us, we have known ourselves simply after the flesh. 
All our judgment of ourselves has been after the flesh. And listen, nobody knows your weaknesses more than you. You know your weaknesses. Others may not know. You know your shortcomings. And then you learn, you judge yourself based on that. You judge yourself based on the things around you. He said, we have known him after the flesh. He said, but now we know him no more after the flesh. Why? Look at verse 17. He now says in verse 17, what's the first word there? Um, now, anywhere there's a therefore, it's there for a reason. It's based on whatever he has said before. Is that not so? And in verse 16, he has told us that before we have known him after the flesh, but now we no longer judge him based on the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ that be ye reconciled to God. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Notice he said, therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, when the Bible talks about man here, it's not talking about gender. Man here refers to the human race. It talks about the generality of man. So whether you're a female or you're a male, you're included. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, that tells me several things. While pondering on that statement, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That tells me several things. Number one, all men are not in Christ. Because if he says, if any man be, then that means everyone is not. Because if we are all in Christ, he will have just said, well, to all the people. No, he said, if any man be in Christ. So it is all men are not in Christ. All men are not in Christ. Number two, it is possible to be in Christ. Now, it says if any man be in Christ, then that means there are all those that are outside of Christ. Does that not make sense? If any man be in Christ, notice, if they say if any man comes to church, it didn't even say if any man is a member of Refreshing World Christian Center. You can be a member of this church and not be in Christ. <laughs> it's not about being a member of a church. It is having a relationship with Christ. If any man be in Christ. Not visit Christ. Be in is in a state. That's where he abides. That's where he lives. That's where he dwells. If any man be in Christ, you need to ask yourself a question, am I in Christ? If any man is in Christ, like I said, it tells me it's not everybody that is in Christ. Some are in Christ, and definitely some are outside of Christ. 
Now, but for those that are in Christ now, he says, if any man be in Christ, so it is possible to be in Christ. Look at Galatians chapter 3. Hallelujah. We, need, we are going to be digging into the scriptures this few weeks. Getting to know some things. Verse 26, Galatians chapter 3. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. They have put on. So they are in. One of the phrases you will see a lot in what is often referred to as the Pauline epistles, that's from Romans, you will find the phrase in Christ, in him, through whom, by whom. All those talk about what God did for us in Christ. And listen, your understanding of it is what will give, take you to a victorious living. Until you begin to understand your position in Christ, your life will not be, uh, what's it called? You won't, have, uh, you won't be able to live a consistent Christian life. You won't be able to live a consistent Christian life. But when you have an understanding of who you are in Christ, then your life becomes stable, regardless of what comes your way. I'm not saying storms won't come. Storms will come. But that's when the overcomer on the inside of you will rise up. Hallelujah. And, tell, and then that's when the scripture that says, Ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Greater is he that is in me. The reason is in me is because there are challenges out there that I can't face by myself. But with him, I can conquer all things. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ. So the first thing is, am I in Christ? Not am I in church? It's sad to be in church. And not to be in Christ. You can visit church. Oh, I was in church so many years before I got born again. I was in church. I mean, I was baptized. I was confirmed. And hilariously, I will often say, I was confused. <laughs> I mean, we, we just go to church just as routine. Thank God for the little things we picked up there. But you see... I didn't know much. Now, I won't blame the pastor or the priest because the pastor too didn't know much. He taught me the little he knew. But thank God, I found out that it's not about going to church. It's not about attending church. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. That happened in 1983, just some few weeks ago. Hallelujah. But I know that definitely Vincent was not yet born. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that not Vincent? Were you born then? <laughs> I know he wasn't born then. <laughs> Amen. 1983, October. Uh, that's when a friend, a, no, well, no, not a friend. I went to look for a friend, really, and I didn't meet him in the room, and I met his roommate, and he began to preach to me, and I said, these people have come again. <laughs> because, of course, everywhere you turn to, I was on campus then in Ife, everywhere you turn to, they are there preaching to you. And then he preached Christ to me, and he talked about love. Now, I've heard so much about hell that some of us, 
we have uh, conditioned ourselves. We have been deceived to believe that, oh, this person will be in hell. This one will be in hell. Hell will be bubbling. Heaven will be boring. All they'll be singing there is praise thou, Lord, O single, single. And who wants to be single, single, single for eternity? We thought that was what heaven was all about. But then he talked to me about the love of God. Experiencing the love of God. And I made a decision. And thank God for that decision. Hallelujah. Then I, I mean, I think if anybody have told me that I'm going to be pastoring a church, <laughs> I, I, I will have said, forget it. I could, I, I mean, it, it can't be me. But the good thing is this. God has a, a way of making champions out of losers. I don't care where you are right now. God will make a champion out of you. I don't care what your situation right, may be right now. There's going to be a turnaround in your life. You may be the poorest of the poor, but you become the richest among the richest. Hallelujah. So let's understand that. It's in Christ. If any man be in Christ. So you need to know for yourself that, look, I'm not just going to church. No, I'm in. I have a relationship with him. Look at First John chapter 5, please. First John chapter 5. It says in verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Notice, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Look at Acts chapter 16, please. Acts chapter 16. The jailer asked the question, verse 30, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. The key to salvation is believing on the finished work of Christ. Believing on the finished work of Christ. Listen to me. Believing that he died for my sins. Because you must get to understand the fact that, look, without him you are lost. Until you know that you are lost then there will be no need for a savior. The reason you need a savior was because you are lost and you could not save yourself. Man was lost. But thank God, a savior came in Christ. Jesus paid the price for our sins. And then the Bible says here, they ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Paul simply answered, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we saw in First John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ. Listen, the name Christ is not his sole name. Because some of us, we see Jesus Christ, just like Taiwadeko, and we thought that Jesus Christ, that means that's his sole name. No, the word Christ is like a title. It's the Messiah, the anointed one. Believing in him, that he died for my sins. He died as my representative. Hallelujah. He died for me. We will look more at that when we talk about redemption. Understanding the fact that he stood in my position. He died for me. And by his death, burial, and resurrection, salvation has now been made available to me. So by believing in him, I have been saved. Notice John chapter 3 verse 16, please. John chapter 3 verse 16. We are still coming back to that Second Corinthians. That's our main text for today. But we are just looking at all this one to 
get the ground because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, I need to understand that I'm in Christ. I have to have that understanding that I am in Christ. Hallelujah. John chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Like I said to Ross, there's a wrath that is upon the world. But thank God that Jesus came and paid the price. And because of that, you and I have been delivered from that. Praise the Lord. And all that we need to do is very easy today. Somebody may say, Pastor, what do I need to be saved? Do I need to fast for one week? Do I need to go for three days prayer meeting? No. Very simple. The scripture says, let's look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We'll read from verse 8. Romans 10. He said, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall, sorry, but what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Now if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart, that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So salvation is not just of the mouth, there's also the heart there. Because there are many with their mouth that confesses Jesus, but their heart is not with it. And that's why you can't see any transformation in their lives. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the heart, it starts with the heart. It's in the heart I realize that, look, without him, I'm lost. Without him, I cannot save myself. But thank God because of what he has made available for me. And the Bible says, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And verse 13 simply says, and whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Whosoever will call upon him. So if you are here this morning and you've not done that before, the good news is you can do that this morning. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not whosoever attends church. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Like I said earlier, I attended church for all the years that I know. From the time I was born, I've been carried to church. From the time I was born. You don't grow up in my house and not go to church. You don't grow up where, I mean, we went to church. Whether you, you, nobody asks you whether you feel like going. You are there. Hallelujah. But you see, I didn't know much. But thank God for the decision I made several years later. Now let's get back to that Second Corinthians chapter 5. So it is believing in what Jesus has done and confessing the lordship of Jesus. Notice that scripture says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus as Lord. Jesus as Lord. A lot of Christians need to go and meditate on that scripture and understand it. What it means to say to confess Jesus as Lord. That means he becomes the Lord of your life. He's the one who governs all your actions. He's the one who dictates what to do. 
Not this one that somebody will say, hey, well, hey, this is what I want. It's not what you want. When you understand the principle of lordship, you've lost your, your choice when you came to him. You don't have a choice. Paul understood that. That's why when Paul met with Christ, the first thing he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? It's no longer about what I want to do in life. It's what he wants me to do. Hallelujah. It's what he wants me to do. And we need to understand that. Amen. Man, because you hear some people say, hey, I can wear anything I want to wear. Is it not me? No, it's not you. There's a Lord who directs you. <laughs> I, I, I can do anything I want. No, you can't. There's a Lord who directs you. Amen. When we understand that principle of lordship, I mean, it's from in the time of slavery. A lord and a slave. A slave doesn't have any right. Whatever the Lord says is what he carries out. Whatever the Lord says. And the Bible says, that whosoever shall confess him as Lord. To say, you are my Lord. Hallelujah. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, can we all read it together? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's on the screen. Let's read together. One to go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, remember in verse 16, so it talked about that we have known him after the flesh, but now we know him no more after the flesh. Why that? Because if any man is in Christ, and we have told you how to be in Christ, it's making Jesus the Lord of your life. So if any man be in Christ, the Bible says he is what? A new creature. One translation says a new creation. A new creation. He's a new creation. One translation says he's a new species of being that have never existed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation, a new species of being that has never been in existence. He's a new species. He's not who he used to be. And he says, the old has passed away. Hallelujah. Put, give me the King James, please, of that scripture. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things has passed away. The old man. Now, if the Bible says he's a new creature, that word new also signifies that it was an old. If you don't have an old, you can't have a new. If someone says, oh, that's my new car. That signifies that he had an old car. If you are just buying a car for the first time, you don't say that's my new car. That is my car. At least in the little English I learned. Amen. You can't say that it was, that's not my new car. No. What's new about it? You don't have an old. Amen. But then he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So there was an old one. There was an old one. Now, but now there's a new man. And he now says, all things are passed away. Everything that was associated with the old died with the old. And all things have become new. The problem of the believers is that we have a carryover. We carried over the old into the new. And we get confused. It says if any man being Christ is a new, is a new creature. Old has stopped existing. Some may say, well, but pastor, 
when I got born again, nothing changed in my life. No, something changed. The old died. Look, let's look at the scripture. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. A crucifixion took place. Now, for you to understand the principles of the old and the new, you must understand the true nature of man. Because someone may say, well, how can they say I'm, I'm new? <laughs> I can't see anything changing in me. You didn't get taller the day you got born again. Your complexion didn't change. If you are dark like some people, your complexion still remains the same. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are tall, you still remain the same. Whatever your height was, it remained the same. So what was it that changed about you? Now for you to understand what changed, you must understand the true nature of man. We need to understand this. First Thessalonians, please. Oh, before we get to First Thessalonians, let's get to Genesis. And then we'll round it up with First Thessalonians. Having an understanding of the true nature of man. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, he him. Male and female created he them. Notice the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our image. Is that not so? And verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. The question is this, what does God look like? If I use someone as example and I say, look, um, I, you are going to meet a lady. She's coming. She's fair in complexion. Oh, just like sister Mokeni. Now, when you start, when, she, when you see somebody like Wemimo, you are not going to think he's the person. No, 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 definitely. <laughs> they are not looking alike. <laughs> Amen. I'm not saying Wemimo is dark, <laughs> but definitely <laughs> she won't be used as an example of somebody that is fear and complexion. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, it helps you to begin to picture the kind of person you're expecting. Now, the scripture says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Now, listen, man is to look like God, not God look like man. The Bible says, let's make man in our image. So, man is the one that resembles God. God is not the one that resembles man. You need to understand that. Because if it is God that resembles man, then there will be a big confusion. Because among men, you have the black, the white, the yellow, the brown. Then God will have a white hand, a brown leg, black leg, these all kinds of things. God will be a monster. But he's not the one that looks like us. We are the one that look like him. In what way? We need to know how God looks. 
John chapter 4. He said, let us make man in our own image and after our likeness. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So what does he look like? Jesus speaking with the woman at the well of Samaria in John chapter 4 verse 24. Said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice he said, God is what? Notice he didn't say, God is spirit. He said, God is a. That word a means that there are others. God is a spirit. The devil is a spirit. Angels are spirit being. You, you are a spirit being. When God said, let us make man in our image, he's talking about the spirit. And let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5 now. You are primarily a spirit being. You are first and foremost a spirit being that has a soul and lives inside the body. What you need the body for is to connect this earth. It's so that you can be relevant on the earth. It is your body that gives you authority to walk on the earth. The moment your body is not there, or the, let me put the moment the body dies, the spirit can stay here. You've not seen spirit floating, except you've watched too much Scooby-Doo. And African magic. Spirits don't float. First Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole what? Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. So the spirit, the body is not you. That's not you. This body I'm seeing here, that's not Elijah. That's not Allah. That's the house that Allah lives in. The truth is this. You have not truly met Allah. You've only been meeting the house he lives in. A day is coming. He will lay that house down and take another house. According to the scriptures, James chapter 2, verse 26, he says, For as the body without the spirit is dead. So, what makes the body alive is the spirit. It's not this, <laughs> it's, it's not this body that makes the spirit alive, it's the spirit that makes the body alive. The moment the spirit checks out, the body drops dead. So it's the spirit that is the real you. So when the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It is the real you, the spirit that changed. You see, when you don't understand this, many of us will allow our mind, our emotions, our soulish realm, and our body to guide us. We allow our body to lead us. God does not create your body to lead you. It's your spirit that should take charge of your life. Have you noticed that? I'll give you a simple illustration. You did not plan to fast. 
I mean, 4 p.m. you have not eaten and you are not hungry. Has that happened to you severally? I mean, you just look at the world. Wow, four. I've not even taken anything today. That's when you now start saying, well, let me look for something. But the day you decide you are going to fast. <laughs> now, when you didn't plan to fast, nothing disturbed you. But the day you now say, I'm fasting today, you woke up with hunger. <laughs> That's when your body, then you start hearing your tummy rumbling. <laughs> then you start looking at the clock. <laughs> oh, and if it is some people, maybe I should shift the fasting to tomorrow. Hallelujah. And that's the day somebody is offering you lunch. <laughs> and he wants to take you to lunch in a very good place. Ah. He said, Lord, you shall understand. <laughs> it's not every day I get this offer. <laughs> Why is it that yesterday that you are not fasting? The same guy was around, they offer you. Now today that you want to fast. That's the day he's now offering you. Now. So you need to understand it's the spirit that is in charge. That's when you tell your body, body, I've eaten before and I'll still eat again. But for this one, you won't eat. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've been at a wedding ceremony where I was the chairman of the, uh, what's it called? The reception. And I was fasting. With all kinds of orishirishi. And you know, the one they will bring for the chairman. <laughs> it takes maturity not to break that fast. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it not true? <laughs> He said, Lord, we shall continue tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. So, when the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's not talking about the body, because nothing changed in your body. He's not talking about the soulless realm, because if things change in your, in your mind, that means when you came to Christ, you forget everything about yourself. When the Bible says all things have passed away, wouldn't it be strange? That would be terrible to get born again and forget everything you have learned before. That means it's better you get born again as an infant. <laughs> because can you imagine you have graduated from school, you are now a lawyer, and then all things passed away. All the knowledge passed away. So you have to go back. All your knowledge of engineering passed away. All your knowledge of medicine passed away. All your relatives, you don't know them again. Then you meet them. You say, please, what's your name? You meet your child. You say, please, who are you? When they say, that is something wrong with you. So when the Bible says all things are passed away, it's not talking about the mind. It's talking about the spirit, the real man. The old man died at the cross. A new man has come into existence. A new you is in existence. I want you to know that the old you has died. It's a new you that is alive. The old you has died. All these ones that you hear some people make statements, it's because they don't understand the scripture. Have you ever had any believers say this? I'm sure some of you have had some believers. Don't let me show you my true nature. If you just provoke me small, you will see my true color now. That's not who you are. That is who you were before you came to Christ. Now, that man died at the cross. The new man is not that way. It's not. That's not who you are. The problem is this, you see. 
The old man died, but we have refused to allow the memory of the old man to go. We are still holding to the memory of the old man. When the old man died, we are supposed to allow that memory to go away with him. Now, this is a new man. This new man is not dominated by that. Just like he shared this morning, this new man is dominated by love. Because he's a product of love. Hallelujah. He's a product of love. There's nothing like let my true nature know. My true nature now is a nature of love. That's my nature. That's who I am now. He said, all things passed away. Everything of the old has passed. Eh? Pastor, my problem is because of the, you know, generational causes, what is disturbing me. Listen to me. It passed away. Even if you read your Bible well, even in the Bible, before you got into the New Testament, generational causes ceased. People don't read their Bible. And then someone will come and tell you, now listen, it's easy to preach some messages and say, well, and the Bible says that he will visit the iniquity of man up to the third and fourth generation of the tenth generation of those who, he says he will bless those who love him up to a thousand generation, but those who hate him up to the third and fourth generation. Listen to me, the truth is this, most of us, our grandfathers and so on, they worship idols. There's hardly anybody here that you can trace up to the fourth generation that you will find idolatry. I said, maybe our, young, our new our children. But, I mean, somebody like me, thank God my father went to church, but definitely my grandfather was not in church. Because he wasn't a Christian. My grandfather was not a Christian, he was a Muslim. And that's why you still see some of my family members, some are Muslim, some are Christian, some are even idol worshippers. <laughs> they have all of them in the family. Hallelujah. <laughs> so you, 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 you find out that, so if it is, uh, then I start holding where well, it's because of my grandfather. No. Look at Ezekiel, please. Let's just read one or two scriptures. Let's see some of these things. Ezekiel, so that it will set us free. The Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth shall do what? Make you free. Ezekiel chapter 18. 18. Let's read from verse 1. Ezekiel. I know it's not in the scriptures I gave you, but you should find Ezekiel. Have you found it? You are looking for it. You don't know where Ezekiel is. The word of the Lord came unto me again saying, yes. What mean ye? That you use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. That means the fathers were the ones that sinned, but the children are the ones paying the price. That's the issue of generational cause. Let's read further. Verse 3. He says, As I live, said the Lord, you shall not have occasion anymore to use this proverb in Israel. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, he shall die. It's the soul that sins. It's the soul that sinneth. Look at verse 20. The soul that sinneth, he shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. 
The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. I wasn't there with my grandfather, so I can't stand for him. I've been set free from that. Jesus set us free. Hallelujah. So you don't have to bother yourself because as you listen to some people, they make you to believe that it's because of where you are coming from. That's where things are not working in your life. And then they, every year you keep breaking generational causes, generational causes. No. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, all things have passed away. And behold, all things have now become what? New. All things passed away. All things become new. Now, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Notice this, they say, if any man being Christ is a new creature, why the need for a new one? Let's look at that before we close this morning. Why the need for a new man? Like I said, it's because there was an old man. Now, the question is this, what was the problem with the old Maybe you see someone that has a car and maybe the car is giving a problem and you say, look, I need a new car. This car has been giving me so much problem. There's something is complaining of. Now, what was the problem with the old? Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 2. Because the old had such a problem that it, it couldn't be restored. You know, when a car has an accident, that has an insurance... The insurance company will look at the car to see if they can repair it. But then, the accident can be so bad that they look at the car and they say, no, this car can no longer be restored. Then, they have to give the person a new car. God created man, verse 16, and the Lord God, Genesis 2, and the Lord God commanded the man, say, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. In the day you eat of it, you are going to die. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the garden, but of the tree, of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, Yea, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And you shall be as gods, knowing the good and the evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now isn't that foolishness? Hiding from God. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I had thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I, I was naked and I hid myself. Now notice, God said, don't eat. For in the day you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now you see, 
Man did not understand the, the full implication of what that is. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. When Adam disobeyed God and obeyed the devil, it wasn't just the mere act of disobedience. Because I've, I've thought about it this way. Couldn't Adam have just said, I'm sorry? And God said, okay, you are forgiven. No. But you see, when he obeyed the devil, the Bible says, whomsoever you obey, you become his servant. Up till then, God was like the Lord for Adam. But the moment he obeyed the devil, he changed lordship. He became subject to the devil. And the nature of whoever is your Lord you take. So his nature, he had a change in nature. And that was why the same person that God will come and they will fellowship together, he had God. What was the next thing he did? He ran. The same person that will hear God and, oh, what? He's around. Let's run and meet with him. The same had God. And the next thing is, he was hiding. Why? There was a change of nature. There was a change of nature. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. It says, For by one man's offense, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death has passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For by one man's offense, we, what we need to understand is that Adam was the type of man when he sinned, all of us sinned. His nature changed. Death passed. Spiritual death passed into man. The nature of man changed. So forgiveness of sin can't help him. It's like you have a car that the chassis has broken in the middle. Repairing that car is an accident waiting to happen. Repairing that car, that car, the best is total it out. Let them just carry it to Panteka. And Panteka know what to do with it. Amen. So it can't be salvaged. Man, sin destroyed man so badly that man could no longer be salvaged. When God examined man, too bad to be repaired. Too damaged to be repaired. So God said the best to do is to wipe this one out. And let's bring out a new one entirely. Hallelujah. Let's bring out a new one entirely. That's why the scripture says, look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22. Well, let's read 21 and 22. 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verses 21 and 22. He said, for since by man came death by man, since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So in Adam, death 
passed to men. The old man was damaged beyond repair. That's why Jesus said, except a man be born again. Not except a man is renovated. Listen to me. That's why, listen, this will help some people. Good character can save you. If good character can save you, Jesus died in vain. Good character can save you. You may have good morals. That was the problem I had as a young person. When people come to preach to me, because I grew up with very good morals. I mean, I got born again when I was, we were starting the fourth year, my final year BSc program. And I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't take any alcohol. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have, a, I mean, anything. A party, you won't find me there. Okay. So when people come to preach Christ to me, what I tell them is, let's look at your life and my life. I think I'm better than you. At least human relationship, I think I'm better. I will enter heaven before you. But listen to me, I don't care how good you are. All your good works cannot qualify you. Because the damage is beyond repair. So it takes Christ for that to be a new one. That's why the Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. The old has been wiped out. The old has stopped existing. The old died at the cross. When the old came to the cross, God just looked at him and said, there's nothing that we can use out of this one. You know, there are some cars you even want to do, you take some part out of it. Have you ever seen that happening? You take some parts, you say, okay, let me use it here. In the old man, there was nothing that God can make use of. So God dumped the old man entirely. Thank God the old man is gone. Now the new is alive. If any man be in Christ, I want you to start having that mindset. I am not who I used to be. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you will meditate on that and say that to yourself every day, I am not who I used to be. I am now a new person. This one, everything of him is of God. The Bible says, and all things are passed away, and behold, all things are of God. There's nothing of the devil left in him. Nothing of the devil. I'm not the one who says it. Let's have the scripture back again. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, as we'll be rounding up this morning. I want to encourage you, you can't afford to miss this series so that you can get to know who you are truly. It will change you. All this one that we, 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 we still allow the old to dominate. No, the old man is buried. Hallelujah. He's buried and he must stay down. Hallelujah. Not jokingly, I often say to some people, their old man didn't die, their old man, they fainted. <laughs> but when you truly understand, through the fact that, look, the old man is dead. And not only is he dead, he is buried. He's dead and he's gone. Now it's the new man. And this new man is created in true righteousness and holiness. Understanding who this new man is. This one is created in true righteousness and holiness. You are not planning to be holy. Holiness is your nature now. 
holiness is your nature you are only learning how to work it out hallelujah so it's not about hey pastor i'm struggling no stop struggling just simply live your life amen pastor b are you a man or a woman eh do you need to struggle to be a man are you a lady are you a female or a boy you are sure have you ever thought that you can become a boy what about if you sleep before when you wake up tomorrow morning you will still be a girl you are sure Hallelujah. You need to know. Bukuna is a big boy. <laughs> but I remember when he was young. He's a young man now. Huh? Okay, he's a young man now. Huh? He's a big boy. He's a young man. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> now, well, you say he's a man. The day I will know he's a man is when I see him do some things. <laughs> he's now he's still a big boy. <laughs> he knows what to do. <laughs> Don't ask me what he should do. He knows what, he knows what to do. You, you know what he should do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eh? Amen. He knows what to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when he was young, he was a small boy then, about two years, two to three years. And I, was, I teached him. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, no, daddy, I'm a boy. I said, you're a girl. I'm your daddy. I'm the one who I'm telling you. He said, daddy, I'm a boy. I said, no, I said, you're a girl. He said, daddy, I'm a boy. I said, you're a girl. He said, daddy, I have to be. <laughs> the young man knows how he's a boy. So he can't change. He can't. He knows. Hallelujah. Amen. He has had me share that before, so I know he can't be embarrassed. <laughs> Hallelujah. As Acts for 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's read 17 and 18, and then we'll close this morning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, now notice the emphasis is being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Look at verse 18. And all things are of who? All things are of who? God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice, it didn't say, and some things are of God and some of the devil. No. All that is happening is that there's a memory of the old. But now, all things are of God. All things. All things are of God. All things. All things. All things. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. And we'll close with that this morning. We are looking at this new man in Christ. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4 24. Can we read it together? One to go. And that you put on the new man. Which after God. Is created in righteousness and true what? Created in what? Say to yourself, I am created in righteousness and true holiness. That's your nature. That's who you are. Understanding this new man. When we understand this, it will change things in our lives. I'm not who I used to be. I'm now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we bless your name. Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. 
Thank you, Lord, for the light we are receiving this morning. We worship and exalt your name. We give you glory and praise. We say be thou exalted and be 